2: As a farmer's wife, I'm so proud to be sponsored by FarmDrop, the ethical grocer that delivers the farmer's market to your door. Cut out the supermarket with FarmDrop, who deliver food direct from over 250 local farmers, makers and bakers. Just like a supermarket, you choose a delivery slot and exactly the items you need. But unlike a supermarket, they source as locally as possible and pay producers properly. If you're in London, Bristol or Bath, visit FarmDrop.com. It's a great way to shop, particularly in the build-up to Christmas. Quote the code BACKSTORY to get £25 off your first £50 order and to show your support for this podcast. Hi and welcome to the last Backchat of the season. So Susie, episode 8, Birth, Sweat and Trauma – I can only think that Mikey is some kind of saint. Um, Although this is maybe an unhelpful comment, I don't know, um, as perhaps he feels far from that. I just guess when you have to cope, you have to cope. But um, uh, he
0: certainly had a lot on his plate. And when she mentioned the house move on top of everything else, I just couldn't believe it. I know, I really felt for Mikey. I think it's really difficult for dads, isn't it? Because they're not just concerned about... baby and what's happening with with the birth but also they're seeing their partners go through something that must be incredibly difficult and I can imagine that they feel helpless at times it just felt like a catalogue of events didn't it you know really difficult birth Lottie having to stay in hospital coming home and then having to go back in and on top of that the house move I I honestly don't know how he how he managed that and I don't think he does either I think it's just one of those things that you look back on and think what the hell was that all about
2: and on top of that I suppose now it's like um they're both now having to cope with this like post-traumatic um stress disorder and I can imagine that um you know you think you kind of got over those the the kind of catastrophe time sort of thing or the full crisis but then um actually I, I heard Lottie saying that she finds this she's found this bit harder even than the crisis time
0: so it's that then that reliving people process difficult events differently don't they and I think if you're in a couple one of you might need to go over something again and again and the other person might just want to move on and not think about it or talk about it as much so that's a difficult thing to manage
2: yes and Lottie said she couldn't really offer um, Mikey any support at the moment which is completely understandable but it does mean that I suppose you have to hope that Mike is getting support from somewhere else because, um, yeah, when you're in that sort of feeling that, that Lottie's in, like, you just have to look after yourself, don't you? Plus a, a small baby, obviously. Yeah, and I was reading in the on the birth trauma website that um, the things like not for a, for a husband not to do, and it it really sort of chimed with me because. You know, knowing sort of my dad or my, or my husband or what have you, like, I can sort of just imagine them sort of being kind of like, oh, pull yourself together, you know, like, just crack on, like, you'll be fine, sort of thing. And, um, and, and that is actually the worst thing you can say to somebody with um, PTSD, apparently, like, and I can well believe it. Um, do not tell her to pull herself together. She's already feeling bad enough about herself and is doing her best kind of thing. So
0: what came across to me was that need to go through that story again and again and again to keep telling that story and I think that's maybe how people process trauma that's one of the things that people need to do and maybe actually one of the triggers that might make somebody realize that this is this is what's happening for them that you know this is something different from just feeling low after the birth of a baby that if you keep going over the experience again and again and having to tell that story again and again I wonder whether that is a sign that that there's a level of trauma there
2: yeah definitely and I mean the there's that very natural thing isn't there of wanting to talk about the birth again and again and and you know with me and my my friends you know that it's always been kind of quite a sort of Laughing, that it's be like right you know tell us about the birth I think there's that very natural thing of like telling quite a lot of people and you know because any birth is quite traumatic and and I think any woman needs to you know talk about it quite a lot but I suppose it's that thing of like maybe a month or two down the line and you're still telling every single person and Lottie I think said that she's literally telling anyone like that is obviously
0: you know a sign that it's it's much worse so come on Claire we need to hear your birth story then don't we what what were your expectations I mean Lottie spoke about her expectations for a medical birth didn't she 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 was she clearly wanted to have pain relief she wanted you know that sort of lots of lots of medical involvement what did you want for yours and how did it actually end up going
2: well, a friend of mine sent me a lot of hypnobirthing books, and I had to you know, I sort of felt like this was the thing to do. So I, I sort of read the books and I downloaded the music, which I think was like whale sounds. <laughs> and uh, and I thought, right, okay, you know, I'm going to have this really sort of hippie birth, even though I'm not actually particularly hippie. And um, anyway, I uh, I went to um, the hospital. Uh, I was like induced because I was very late. And, you know, one thing led to another and I had, like, the most medicalised birth known to man, really, or known to woman. And, uh, yeah, so I was, like, induced for four days, ended up, like, finally um, in induced labour and with an epidural that didn't work for seven hours. And um, sort of climbing this. I was, I can remember looking down from the ceiling because I think I was so high. And, uh, and Patrick saying to me, oh, um... Claire, so is this a good time to ask whether I should put the whale music on now? <laughs> and I was like, some urban techno would be more appropriate
0: at this time. <laughs> so, yeah, safe to say I ended up with a cesarean, emergency cesarean. <laughs> oh, well, I had the sunroof option with all of mine, so um, they were all fairly straightforward. But I do remember being pretty sensitive to what people said at the time. You know, I remember trying, somebody was trying to give me a spinal block while I was having a contraction. And I was, you know, saying, ow, this, this hurts on many levels. And one of the medics said, oh, you know, it's just a small contraction. And I could have honestly turned around and punched them, I think. So (laughs) I do think, you know, we are massively, you know, you're so vulnerable, aren't you? So it's really understandable that you're very uh, sensitive to what people around you are saying. And that was one of the things that interested me about this program, about, you know, finding out about birth trauma, that, it can be what actually happens that traumatizes you, or it can be you know how you how you perceive other people reacting to you or things that are said or things that are things that are not done maybe that that was interesting,
2: yes, you feel very vulnerable, you leave your dignity at the door and and
0: you know that I think can mean that some people have a really traumatic
2: experience unfortunately,
0: so one of the other things that I was quite surprised by was that birth trauma is often kind of not picked up on afterwards that that sometimes it's maybe misdiagnosed you know i guess we're all much more familiar with postnatal depression aren't we so i guess if you go to your doctor and you start talking about how you're feeling after the birth it's maybe more likely that they're going to diagnose postnatal depression but they are different conditions aren't they and i think they you know they they sometimes need a different response
2: Yeah that's what I understand when you go through like a traumatic experience then generally I think the you have to have like a sort of speaking therapy is going to work for you best.
0: If you have a look at the birth trauma association website there is really good information on there which um, which might be helpful and I guess as well it's just like anything else if you you know if you go and see your GP or you see your your midwife or whatever and you feel that you're not getting the help that you need then you just kind of need to Go back to them and and be clear about what's going on.
2: I was also really interested, Susie, by the juxtaposition of the way people want you to feel when you have a baby and the way that Lottie and women in the same position are feeling. Um, did you feel that that was a, an issue for her?
0: Yeah, I think you know we we're always given those really strong messages that as long as the ba- you know as long as the baby's healthy, that's all that matters. And you know, of course, on one level it is. And I think we all recognise how lucky we are to live in a society where we've got, you know, free access to good quality healthcare, you know, there are millions of women around the world that don't have that. Mm. But it also, you know, that that also, on some level to say to somebody, well, at least the baby's healthy, and that's all that matters. It does kind of belittle the trauma that they've been through. And again, it comes back to that thing of women needing to, well, our men as well needing to talk about it again and again, until they've kind of processed what happened, so I think the biggest the biggest gift that you can give someone is is to kind of let them do that and and not try to move them on, not to try not try to sort of jolly them along and and point out all of the positives. I'm sure that people will see the positives and come around to them in their own time. Just listening to them and allowing them to tell their story multiple times, if needs be, can be really valuable. It's so it is so important to let each person who goes through
2: it, you know, talk about it. So on a lighter note, um, we hope you've enjoyed our backlash on small talk this week. We feel more than anything that the backstory is about learning from listening to other people's experiences. So we've launched a backlash on Small Talk this Christmas to encourage some great conversation and great conversations start with a great question. We've all been at those parties and you're thinking, well, how am I going to ask this person who I don't really know here? And you end up sort of saying, oh, we don't know you're, you're rapping. We don't know you're shopping. Like, um, and so this is like um, different questions that we're putting out there to just encourage something a little bit deeper. And so no doubt you're wondering what these questions are. Well, check out our social media, The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. And let us know what you find out this Christmas period because we'd love to hear from you. This is our final episode of The Backstory for 2017 and we'll be taking a bit of a break.
0: But keep us in your feed because we'll be back in 2018. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Christmas and see you next year.
2: See you next year. Bye. (laughs) Thanks again to our sponsors, FarmDrop. Go and check out their glorious website, farmdrop.com, and quote the code BACKSTORY to get £25 off your first £50 order and to show your support for this podcast.